From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Mayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, JR. Another week of Capital Notes and Capital Events. Thanks for being here. No, oh, happy to be here. So there have been some developments on the Megan Wolf front. She's the state's top election official. Democratic Attorney General Josh Call has filed a lawsuit in Dane County Circuit Court to keep her in the post, even though some Republicans want her out. The latest is that GOP Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has sent to an Assembly Committee a resolution to impeach her. What can you tell us about that and why that's important? Well, it's important depending on what they do with it. And right now, we're not clear that there's going to be a whole lot of action on that resolution. So let's back up a little bit. Uh, Remember, Megan Wolf was appointed to a full four-year term that ended in July. The Elections Commission voted 3-0 to reappoint her to a new term. The Democratic members abstained from that vote. They argued to have to have four votes of the six-member committee to nominate somebody for the post. And because they abstained, that there was no new nomination and Megan Wolf stays in that job indefinitely. Republicans, unhappy about that, went through a process to try to remove her, arguing that the three votes were enough. The Senate voted in September to fire her, but uh, she stayed in the job. And a Dane County judge uh, in October ruled that Republicans cannot remove her from office while she is considering the final merits of Call's lawsuit. That includes the Joint Committee Legislative Organization appointing an interim to replace her. Okay, so that's the background. What's been going on, though, is that there have been Republicans angling to try and find a way to get Wolf out. Janelle Branchin, a Republican from Menominee Falls, who has been a thorn in the side of Robin Voss, a number of issues, especially on election issues, introduced this resolution to impeach Wolf. Now, there are 14, or 15, I'm sorry, um, allegations raised in this resolution Most of them include include falsehoods about the 2020 election, and that resolution just sat for six weeks. The Assembly, last week, referred it to committee to move the process along. Under Assembly rules, anytime a member introduces a bill or resolution, you're supposed to give it a a bill number within 10 business days and assign it to committee. That is not a hard rule. There's no enforcement mechanism, so it's ignored sometimes, and this resolution sat there for six weeks. Well, it's referred right as this group called the Wisconsin Election Committee, Incorporated, goes up on the air in Milwaukee with a TV ad threatening basically to remove Robin Voss unless he moves on that resolution. Okay, so now we've got this group doing ads, the resolution committee. Now what? The question is we don't know. Uh, Our answer is we don't know. Just because it's in committee, there's no requirement that they act on it. And Robin Voss has said that Um, they have to wait for the courts to kind of act before they do anything. So one caveat about that, though, that order I talked about from the judge in Dane County saying you can't remove Megan Wolf, Republicans, while I decide the final merits of this lawsuit, did not envision impeachment. It wasn't brought up. So it talked more about that committee putting an interim or said the Senate's vote to fire her basically had no legal um, weight while this thing is being figured out. So... I don't know if that order applies to impeachment. We might have to have some more briefs from lawyers to address that issue if they want to bring it up. So now we're here. Megan Wolf is still the Administrator for Elections Commission. 
there's still a lawsuit pending in Dane County Court that could keep her in the job indefinitely. And now there is an effort to impeach her that is at least in a committee in the assembly, but there's no signs it's going to move anytime soon. And you're going to have this group of people who have been pushing to fire Megan Wolf or move her for since 2020, angling, pressuring Republicans to do something about it. Question is, what will they do if they don't get what they want? This ad campaign, it includes Adam Steen, who ran against Robin Voss in the primary for his assembly seat in uh, 22, Harry Waite, the activist who illegally requested Robin Voss's assembly or absentee ballot last year to try and underscore what he thought were uh, uh, issues with the absentee ballot system in Wisconsin. They got decent money to run a first week of ads that are about, you know, close to six figures. But if they're talking about, and well, the spokesman for the group said they're going to spend, they budgeted $100,000 a week every week until either Robin Voss relents and this thing is voted on or he's removed from office, either be recall or through a primary. Well, if you do the math of the primary in August of 24, you'd have to spend $4 million to keep up to that pledge. People I talk to don't think they have that kind of money, nor can they raise it. So then what? What's going to happen? Is there really any pressure on Robin Voss? And then talking to people in the Capitol, they don't think he's fully feeling pressured by this effort. That's not really a concern for him because they've been through this before and survived a challenge from Adam Steen. Well, you mentioned Assembly Resolution AR-18. It comes from people like controversial Republican Representative Janelle Branchin, who pushed falsehoods about the 2020 election. You just mentioned that the 15 allegations to impeach Megan Wolf include falsehoods. One of them, for example, is that she didn't ensure safeguards against fraudulent voting. Multiple reviews show that there was no widespread fraud and only five people out of 3.2 million who cast ballots in Wisconsin were charged with fraud. What does it do when a mainstream or more mainstream Republican like Robin Voss submits this type of action to committee in in the goal of ultimately potentially impeaching a top election official who has the support of many uh, bipartisan clerks around the state? Well, he's supposed to. Remember that rule that says anytime a member introduces a bill or resolution, you're supposed to give it a bill number and refer it to committee. It doesn't mean it's going to go anywhere. And the clear sign from Robin Voss is this is not going to move while this court action is going on. But when members introduce stuff in the Capitol, they're supposed to be assigned to committee. doesn't mean anything's going to happen with it. And, you know, if that change, if suddenly there was a groundswell among some Republicans, they went push this resolution, maybe something happened. But we're not seeing any signs of that just yet. And leadership has no real interest that we've seen publicly of moving the resolution at least until this court um, – this lawsuit is over, so that that might be that's the focus right now. Is that lawsuit? Will Josh Call uh, convince Dane County Judge to order that Megan Wolf remains in the job? And then after that's done, we're almost surely going to go to this U.S. State Supreme Court to hear more on this. So this thing is going to drag out for months and months in the courts before anything might happen in the legislature. Well, and the move to actually impeach Megan Wolf, as in any state official, would require a majority vote in the Assembly and support from two-thirds of the Senate to actually remove her. The judge has issued this temporary injunction, but do you think there could be more support among mainstream Republicans for her impeachment as time goes on, or do you kind of see this as dead in the water? It depends. You know, and the re- the arguments raised here aren't really persuasive a lot of people, but there is an argument from Republicans that Megan Wolf is illegally in that job, that state law says she has a four-year term, and once that term is over, 
that's it. She has to be reappointed or she has to leave. So there are Republicans who believe state law is clear and that she's not supposed to be there anymore. The courts are going to decide that issue. But if Republicans can't win in the courts and they believe she's in the job illegally, we'll see. You know, there's always that option, but, you know, that's, that's months down the road right now. And just to remind people who maybe haven't been playing paying close attention, why do Republicans want her out, some Republicans? Uh, for the most part, they feel like she's lost the confidence of their base. Now, there are Republicans who will tell you privately that their local clerks like Megan Wolf think she does a good job, but they're hearing from their constituents that they don't have confidence in the elections in Wisconsin and that Megan Wolf is part of the problem. Now, that's in a lot of ways misplaced blame. A lot of things that are kind of pinned on Megan Wolf are actually decisions made by the Elections Commission. She's carried them out. She is the administrator for the agency, but her real job is to carry out the commission's wishes. So, for example, a big issue is um, the use of special voting deputies. They are people who go into nursing homes to assist residents to vote by absentee and also, you know, just kind of a safeguard. During COVID, the Elections Commission voted to suspend that requirement because of the pandemic. They did not want people going to nursing homes um, especially pre-vaccine, um, to work with people and help them vote because they worry it would spread COVID at a vulnerable population because obviously mostly people in nursing homes are, are elderly, right? That was not Megan Wolf's decision. It was the commission's vote. Now, there are Republicans who say that a stronger administrator would have pushed back or tried to discourage the commission from doing that. But, you know, that's, that's a theory. Uh, the, the reality is most of these issues for things the commission did. And the Republicans can't take apart the commission because Governor Evers won't let them. So this is a, an avenue to express a frustration because Republicans fear if their voters don't have confidence in the election, how it's run in 2024, they won't turn out to vote. And they argue that that lack of confidence is a, equates to suppression. Gotcha. Okay. So last week, Democratic Governor Tony Evers sued the GOP-controlled state legislature, accusing it of unconstitutionally infringing on executive powers by doing several things, including blocking pay raises for University of Wisconsin employees. As we talked about on the last episode of Capital Notes, Voss has been holding up pay raises for tens of thousands of UW system employees until the school system cuts DEI spending by $32 million. In full disclosure, WEWM employees are UW system employees affected by this litigation. What's important to know about this lawsuit? Well, a couple of things. One, um, the immediate impact is if there is any hope of a legislative solution to the pay raise for UW employees, it's probably on hold because Republicans are not going to grant that pay increase while this lawsuit is pending for fear that it looks like they're afraid of losing. Now, the lawsuit was filed with the state Supreme Court asking the justice to take original action on it, not make it go through the lower courts first. There's a liberal majority now in the Supreme Court, so people perceive the court will be more open to Evers' arguments than the former conservative majority, so there's that issue. And then, two, there's a long-term question of if Evers is successful, what could that mean? A lot of these things are he's challenging are the way it's been done for years and years and years. I've been here for uh, maybe 24 years in the spring, the Joint Committee on Employment Relations has always approved state employee raises. So in the process in Wisconsin, the budget, which is approved every two years, funds the pay raises, sets the parameters, and they're actually implemented once that committee votes. It's, it's the way it's always been done. Evers, though, is arguing that it's inappropriate 
They give this eight-person committee, controlled now by Republicans, six to two, the ultimate say on those pay raises because there's no appeal appeal process. It's not like because Joker won't take up the pay raises for UW employees, there's nowhere else to go. You can't appeal to somebody else. You can't. There's no full vote by the full legislature. It, that's it. He's arguing that is a a legislative veto. With the budget committee, joint finance, they have final say over certain stewardship purchases. So once the budget approves amount of money for stewardship, every purchase over a certain amount has to be submitted to the committee for final approval. If all these things go away, and Republicans call it oversight, Democrats call it obstruction, but if Evers wins in court, the legislature may react in a not great way for Tony Evers. For example, stewardship. You know, that's a, a program that the Republicans are split, but they keep it, period. Remember, it, it uses money to purchase public, uh, private property to preserve it for the, for the public, uh, preserve environmental areas, also to purchase easements that takes land to make sure that it can be public access. If the Joint Finance Committee no longer has approval of those purchases over a certain amount, you could envision a scenario in which Republicans, if they control both houses again, the next budget say, we're killing stewardship, period. We're not doing this program. If we can't have final say, we won't do anything. Those are the things that are kind of like way down the road, but they're possible outcomes and results of this suit if it is successful. So there's nothing built into the process right now in terms of weighing how the legislature or these committees are supposed to exercise their discretion, like no standard for what's an abuse of discretion or what's arbitrary and capricious, things like that. Nope. So the state law sets a mark with the stewardship purchases over a certain amount. They go back to joint finance for review. That's the way it's worked for a while. Um, the Joint Committee for Review Administrative Rules has had the power to review those things for as long as anybody can remember. Now, that committee is obviously very powerful because uh, once laws are passed, state agencies must carry out what's in the law. Sometimes they have to write rules to fill in the gaps, you know, to, hey, we didn't vision this scenario, so we have to have a rule to kind of address that. Or they're told, you are going to regulate water quality. Okay, what's that standard going to be? Sometimes they use the authority given to them to set standards, and lawmakers come in and go, no, 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 that's not what we meant. That's always going on. But what's different is uh, from years ago, it used to be that you know you objected to it, there was supposed to be a bill introduced and both houses pat, vote on that bill, and it goes to the governor to hold the objection. Well, the law was changed in 2017 by Republicans to say they could suspend rules repeatedly, multiple times, without a bill being introduced and going through both houses. So you have a one committee of lawmakers, not the entire body, with this power to suspend rules. Evers is arguing that's gone too far. And in his news conference announcing the lawsuit, the governor said, I could live with the stewardship purchases, I can live with the rule stuff, but when you, in his words, stick it to UW employees, that was a bridge to it. That's a final straw for him. He felt like he had to do something. We'll see. We'll see what the court does, but it could change the entire procedure in the Capitol and could have huge ramifications for how legislature and executive branch, the legislative and executive branches uh, operate with each other for years and for years ahead. Well, on that similar kind of issue of separation of powers and what the legislature can do, what the executive branch can do, many criminal defense attorneys in the state are concerned about a bill that's passed the Assembly and State Senate already that would require prosecutors to get approval from a judge to dismiss certain charges or when they want to offer an agreement 
where someone can get their charge amended or dismissed if they fulfill certain conditions. Also under these bills, judges would have to submit annual reports to the legislature explaining every dismissal or amended charge that they allowed. What do you know about this, and do you think Evers will veto it? This is all driven by crime and issues in places like Milwaukee with prosecutorial discretion. So Republicans feel like uh, well, prosecutors uh, everywhere has prosecutorial discretion, yeah. right? But everywhere Republicans are unhappy yeah. about Milwaukee County in particular. They feel like D.A. John Chisholm and his staff are not being hard enough on crime. Now, obviously, John Chisholm has a different opinion about that, right? They operate differently. But Republicans, they're not going to beat John Chisholm at the polls. So they're fine, trying to find ways to rein in, in their minds, the D.A.'s office in Milwaukee County to reflect their values because they will argue that crime in Milwaukee County is spilling out into the suburbs where their constituents live. Their constituents aren't happy. Go back to the Waukesha Christmas Parade uh, tragedy and what happened there. They all keep going back to Milwaukee County and they want to rein them in. The code language that Republicans use are, you know, George Soros back prosecutors. It's all about people in their minds are soft on crime. That's what this entire thing is about. They want to stiffen penalties and take away discretion from places like Milwaukee County to reflect their values. And if they can't win the ballot box, this is their, their avenue to try and do it. I, I, don't, I haven't talked to the governor about this lately or his staff to ask where he's at, but he's not seemed open to these ideas before because they take away local control. Uh, so that's, I, I don't know if that bill's going to go anywhere in the end or become law. You know, these bills, though, would create oversight by the legislature over district attorneys and judges, essentially, and the judges would have to justify their sentences in specific cases to the legislature. What what sort of, you know, legal issues does that bring up, especially in line of the separation of powers lawsuit that Evers just filed against the Republican efforts to block pay raises for UW employees and things like that? Great question. And maybe if it becomes law, you'd see a district attorney somewhere file a lawsuit to challenge that power or a judge somewhere to challenge that. I don't know we're ever going to get there, though, because, again, the governor has not really been open to these tough on crime proposals from the legislature. He has complained about Republicans trying to take away, in his mind, local control. So I don't know we'll get to have that legal question flushed out in the courts because I don't know this bill is going to become law. All right. Well, thanks for this background information as always, JR, and thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. Take care. That was JR Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com, speaking with me, WUWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments with JR Ross every other Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect, and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.